0: I'm your host, Marco Giello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you are from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. All right, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Today's headliner topic, I'm going to talk about mortgage renewal time how to pick the right term when your mortgage comes due. But before we begin, here's what's on my mind this week. There's been a lot of talk naturally about how bad things are, you know, like uh, rising interest rates, pending recession, inflation, and the rest of it, right? Um, But I'm refusing to just dig my heels and surrender in that uh, muddy puddle or that mud pit, or whatever you want to call it. I, th- I think we're going to be okay, um, or not as hard hit as some might think. Don't get me wrong, there will certainly be pain for certain demographic and class groupings, but there is reason to be optimistic about the future, and really, I think we just need to, to be reminded about some of the key fundamentals surrounding Canada, um, its economic landscape. Um, particularly call me stupid, but I'm in the uh, soft landing camp when it comes to the economy. And um, here are a few reasons why I think so. It's like, number one, the robust population growth, um, mainly immigration, the big one, is our intake of, you know, about, I think it's 400, 380 to 400,000 new Canadians per year for the next few years. Um, This is massive combine that with uh, the natural population growth of about 1%, less than 1%, that's seven hundred to 750,000 new human beings setting foot in the country. And if you're Alberta or BC, you, you're, you know, you're also experiencing an intake of Canadians from other provinces. Um, so if you're an economist, this bodes well for your forecast. As population growth is a huge positive factor when it comes to economic growth. And on that note, Canada is, is um, experiencing the largest intake of, of new Canadians amongst all OECD um, participating countries in the world. So um, So that's point, one, um, point number one. Um, the huge economic um, or impacts economic growth is, is our population is, is, uh, is growing and it's growing largely. Um, on to the next point here, the demographic, trends um, are also solid and particularly the 25 to 40 year old cohort is is on the rise and this is the household formation age um, and also a time when people in this group tap into their savings for big purchases so in that age group you you have people who have been in the workforce now for a, a good chunk of time you know anywhere from 10 15 to 20 years And they've accumulated $100,000 in RSPs or or $150,000 or or whatever. They've got some cash. There are savings. So uh, the household formation age, uh, uh, an increasing demographic trend in Canada on the up. Uh, Next up, inventory levels in both new and resale markets remain low. And, I mean, you might see the odd condo high-rise in Vancouver that has stalled on a project. Um, but they're definitely not canceling they're they're simply pausing or they're they're shelving um, until a, a date later on down the road when the timing is better but the, you know the more they do this the more we are setting ourselves up for tighter inventory down the road so I, I don't care what anyone says but in Vancouver will always need more inventory land land is no longer scarce in Vancouver it's simply not available Like, seriously, think about that. And that's why we are finding that even in a reduced demand type of environment like we're in right now, you're not seeing Vancouver real estate sold at liquidation prices. Like, sure, you're going to find the odd bargain here and there, um, perhaps a distress sale or two. But when it comes down to it, if you own a single family detached in the lower mainland, like you are sitting on a scarce resource there, so um, I don't want to use the the term I'm bullish on on real estate in Vancouver, um, but long term, absolutely. And you know that that's a whole different can of worms there. I, I don't know if that's good for everyone, but it, it's I, I think uh, real estate you'll continue to see it um, trend upward. Um, we've had high oil prices in Canada. Everyone knows that. Um, we can feel that at, at the gas pump. Uh, but there's no economic growth coming from it because essentially we're not allowed to expand it and ship it to other markets. It's, it's basically a solid blue chip Industry right now in Canada which is fine I mean it's it's filling the government's coffers and it's providing some pretty solid jobs but it's not the high oil price environment of old like back in the day in the 90s and the maybe maybe not even beyond that but yeah I think that's when things started going backwards it's not the the uh, oil price environment of the old with with all the knock-on effects that came with that so I mean, with that being said, oil's at 97 dollars a barrel, but Canadian oil, we sell, we sell most of it at a discount to the Americans for about 78 bucks. And with all the ESG policies that, that's that the new ESG principles that we're hearing more and more about, which is uh, stands for Environmental, uh, Social and Governance Policies, there's no longer the spin-off generated from higher oil prices in Canada um it's uh you know it's a it's a shame but um with with these policies it's it's just inhibiting any type of growth and expansion uh potential that that we can we can build upon here in in alberta in canada it's just not there um let's see that checking out the propaganda that i'm reading here lately um i think we've reached peak inflation um, from what I'm reading with, with various economists and also peak interest rates, um, you know, number one, they're starting to see that the inflation is turning, um, whether you, you're experiencing that or not is a whole different story, but it is it is turning and um, peak interest rates as well. Like I, I think we're, we're reaching that point. I know we have another rate hike coming this September 7th and um Everyone is talking about 75 basis point increase, 0.75%. And I I really hope that Bank of Canada doesn't do this. Like I I still think they're going to bump up by 50 points. Uh, That's what I think they will. I don't think they should do anything, but I think they're going to go up by 50 points. I'm hoping they do. Then sit on that for a few months. Um, Bank of Canada needs to understand... like my opinion here that we we cannot raise as high as the americans can we simply do not have a a a, a diversified economy like they do like nowhere near and it's so easy to pick on alberta and suggest that that they diversify you know I, i would turn back to the the brilliant person that suggests that and uh and and ask how are you diversified like i mean with all this like i mentioned the esg the environmental social and the governments um all their anti-growth uh policies and that sentiment how how is a country or a province uh in, in in the economy within it um how is it to explore other segments when absolutely everything these days falls under dispute with an environmentalist um, or some social policy, or uh, of course, uh, you know, by default, self-serving, corrupt governance policy. Like we, we've done this to ourselves, and we need to now dig ourselves back out of it. And uh, yeah, if you ask me, ESG, environment, social, governance, environmental, social, and governance is, in my opinion, killing economies, and uh, and the main driver of inflation. So personal debt to income is the highest in Canada still at 190%, which is the highest of any country in the OECD, like the top countries in the world. Um, So, yeah, I really hope that we are not trying to keep pace with the Americans or worse yet. You know, sometimes I think that that the Canadian policymakers think they're like, hot shit you know like some egomaniac e- economic policy trendsetters we, we're not we're minnows it's ridiculous that basically i'm saying that we, we should act a little bit more like minnows when it comes to um the uh economic and the, the policy you know the fiscal monetary that that the bank of canada is attempting here so if the fed is going to do 75 basis point increase like who do we think we are to think that we can keep pace with that like that it's ridiculous we got to chill down a bit and let all this tightening play itself out for the next year or so um yeah enough of this tough guy stance we're going to continue to raise rates to fight inflation kind of macho act going on right now that it's uh it, it's not helping there's other things that are at play right now that are naturally bringing down that inflation. I don't think we have to, we don't, we don't have to attack the race any longer. Anyhow, that's what I think on, uh, on that front. So soft landing is what I say because uh, a lot of these things I just mentioned are already at play. We just got to stop raising rates and let the mammoth rise that we've already done over the past few months, work itself into our personal finances, which if you ask a lot of people, they it already is. And I think the stage is set with, uh, with where we're at. This additional hike coming in September, not necessary. Banks are just uh, riding this inflation sentiment like everyone else and using it as a just reason to uh, continue to raise rates. And at the very least, they should pause for a couple of months and just uh, let it let it ease into the system. So there you have it. Um, whether I agree with it or not, I think another hike is coming. I, I'm hoping it's 50 basis points, but um, something tells me that it could possibly inch up to 75. And then after that, I think we're going to lay low. I think, I think finally they're going to lay low and um, not do anything with rates for a while. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking for at least a few months, four to six months. All right, let's move along and talk about today's headliner topic. Wondering whether to proceed with a fixed or a variable mortgage? Why not pick both? There's a mortgage just for that. In fact, there's a mortgage that allows you the flexibility to configure it any way you desire. I call them hybrid mortgages. So let's say you have a $500,000 mortgage. If you wanted to, you could configure it so that $200,000 is allocated in a five-year fixed rate, $100,000 as a five-year variable, and the remaining $200,000 as a home equity line of credit. And better yet, every year you receive a detailed statement from the lender that outlines the cumulative interest charges for each configured mortgage. If you want to learn more, shoot me a text or give me a ring at 604-800-9593. 604-800-9593. Or look me up at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. Undecided about how to proceed with your mortgage renewal? Today's interest rate environment brings new meaning to the term sticker shock. Not long ago, you were able to sign up for a mortgage in the low twos, and before that, interest rates plummeted as low as 0.99% for some select variable rate mortgages. Well, those days are well behind us. In a span of about six months, interest rates essentially doubled. Prime rates spiked up from 2.45% to today's rate of 4.70%, And the five-year fixed rate jumped pretty much the same interval from 2.39% to about 5.34%. And according to various other economists, brace yourself for more rises to round out the year. So where do we go from here? How is one to prepare for the payment shock that's to come on fast-approaching maturity dates in 2022? Or how about current variable rate holders who are experiencing the volatility right now in real time? Whichever predicament you find yourself in, know this there are options and solutions to help minimize the payment shock and in many instances you will be surprised that renewing into today's higher interest rates may not be so bad after all you may even end up with a lower payment than what you initially had with your lower rate more on this later but first let's talk about product and term selection for your upcoming mortgage renewal Here are some outside-the-box approaches to consider when your mortgage comes due. If you think that there is still some volatility ahead with interest rates and inflationary pressures, here is an approach to consider. Um, Renew into a one-year discounted rate, and at the same time, take the opportunity to consolidate any existing debt you may have. If need be, this allows you to rest easy with a fixed payment while analyzing the market trend in time for your next term selection. So, for example, rather than locking into a five year fixed rate at 5.29%, okay, so that's as of today, August the 30th, secure a one year fixed at 4.09% with the hope that longer term interest rates will have stabilized and improved by the time your maturity rolls around in the next 12 months. Okay, here's another approach. If you are of the mindset that the worst of inflation and rate hiking is behind us, then consider this approach. Secure a variable rate mortgage with a fixed payment feature. This will give you the flexibility to ride out any remaining rate increases without increasing your payment, without increases to your payment. So unless rates unexpectedly continue to trend upwards in an aggressive manner, which would thereby trigger the built-in payment reset for your mortgage, Um, otherwise payments are fixed um, but of course only to an extent this strategy would also allow you to ride out the stabilization period with flexibility as with all variable rate mortgages you are able to convert to a fixed rate at any time without triggering a break penalty in the event you need to sell your property variable rate mortgage calculates the smallest possible break penalty of all mortgage terms rather than having the potential of paying on the interest rate differential variable rate mortgage break penalties are calculated based on a simple three months interest formula this eliminates any possibility of the dreaded interest rate differential penalty which has the potential to be astonishingly substantial and finally Um, If you believe rate hikes still have a way to go, then look to lock into longer terms, two to four year terms. Before deciding on the term length, consider the potential for any life events that may force you to consider a refinance or even sell the property ahead of your maturity. Um, And that could be like change in marital status, change in employment status, having children, uh, university tuition and things of that, that nature. Disclose any potential events that may occur in the future to your mortgage broker and engage in a conversation to discuss scenarios and outcomes before proceeding with a longer term mortgage. Okay, because the penalty can come back and bite you big time. And lastly, here's a direct measure that you can initiate with your next mortgage term um, that could provide immediate relief to your monthly payment in the event you require it. Um, Reset your mortgage to the maximum allowable amortization. So for example, let's say your current mortgage of $500,000 is coming due and uh, the the current rate that you have is 2.69 percent. Okay, you got back from a few years ago and the monthly payment on it is $2,285. So rather than opting for the lender's uh, preferred renewal rate at 4.59 percent and Uh, which would initiate monthly payments over the remaining amortization period of 20 years, consider resetting the amortization to the maximum allowable limit of 30 years. And here's what the difference would be. So if you proceeded with the lender's preferred rate of 4.59 and you maintain the current amortization, your monthly payment would come down actually to $2,212 from $2,285. Okay. So, just a slight decrease but pretty much the same payment okay Um, or you can request an amortization reset to 30 years so if you're good with your current uh, monthly payment on the mortgage then maintain it of course you know pay down that mortgage keep the amortization going at whatever it is Uh, but if you need some relief then reset the amortization you can go as high as 30 years and that would significantly reduce your payment in this example uh, it would bring you down from $2,285 to $1,820 a month. OK, so that's a that's a big one. And um, many people aren't aware of that. So, um, yeah, you have the ability to increase your amortization. So remember, one more thing, the four point five nine percent that I'm using here in this example, this is a transfer rate. OK, so this means that you are simply transferring the mortgage to a new term. And maintaining all original parameters of the existing mortgage very important to note all you are maintaining all original parameters of the existing mortgage so it means you're not changing anything you're maintaining the same amortization no debt consolidation no new money maintaining the same applicants Um, if you're gonna make a change to the mortgage then the rates are higher so for example today you would go from the 4.59 To about five point one five point one nine percent that would be a refinance rate and this means you are making changes to the original mortgage parameters changing the amortization consolidating debt and that sort of thing Um, therefore this results in a rate increase okay so again uh four point five nine to five point one nine that that may seem large to to some but um do the math and you'll see in a lot of instances, the monthly payment is uh, is not substantial at all. So maintaining your current amortization is naturally the preferred pathway. But if you are at a time in your life where your monthly cash flow um, has reached a critical juncture for whatever reason, um, then take advantage of the extended amortization. Once things improve with your finances, simply increase your payments and get back on that path to a lower amortization. You can do that. and You can do that without penalty. Uh, lenders always um, they allow for annual payment increases in lump sum limits without incurring any penalty that's all i got for today call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all especially if you are in british columbia or alberta as i'm licensed to service these specific provinces and especially if you are from vancouver or calgary as i'm very familiar with these markets and of course i welcome all calls and emails from all over the world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to canada from elsewhere Call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or just go ahead and look me up on the website homefinancesolutions.ca. Thank you again for tuning in to Mortgage Canada. Stay well everyone. Talk again soon.